right, and welcome to High Trek. I'm Riley. I'm Belnorn. Also known as Beagle. Yeah. Beagle. It's not official yet. <laughs> Someday. Oh my god. Someday you'll have a Wikipedia entry and it will be like Belnorn in parentheses Beagle. Well, if I get an actual like Wikipedia wiki entry also about Belnorn. If Beagle just happens to be in there, I will be so happy that I actually got popular enough to be in Wikipedia that I will not care so much. You actually have to be a notable person. You can't just put yourself in it. Yeah, but like, but like it's not hard to be a notable person if you try hard enough. But I'm trying hard enough. I'm doing it right now. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I said. It takes time. Hard. Yeah. It takes and if, I, if I get there, great. Then I guess I can have Beagle as a footnote and I won't complain. It won't be a footnote. It will be the major note. We'll see so who writes the entry. Okay, also known as Beagle. We boldly go where everyone else has gone before, but this time we're high. Uh, so we watch Star Trek The Next Generation uh, episode by episode, uh, but we are <clears throat> high. Yes, we are. Yeah. A couple couple of footnotes when we're talking about the concept of footnotes, unless we edited that out, and then just a couple of footnotes. We are over the age of 21 and in a legal marijuana state, so... We're cool. We are cool. And yeah. also legal. And also legal. And I just like to say, you know, definitely follow the laws that are out there. You can say that if you want. I said that with my mouth. Okay. I don't know if I believe it with my heart. I don't even believe it with my mouth. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I actually did look up the awards for this episode like I talked oh about my last God. Okay, episode. Okay, okay, yeah. So this, this, this episode has won awards. Um, oh yeah, no, so I, so we watch it episode by episode, we are high, I've never seen Star Trek before, but, uh, I, uh, exist in this world, and so, like, I have, uh, gathered some information, like, I know, I know all the major key points, and what, like, I've been spoiled, because I can't help but being spoiled, it's a 30-year-old show? Yeah, so thereabouts, 80, yeah. late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, so, like, you know, it's. It's almost, it's been here longer than I've been alive. So, like, this, I didn't exist in a world without Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. So, like, it's impossible for me not to know about it. I've just never watched it. And I've watched it a lot. And I enjoy living vicariously through other people sometimes. And this is one of those times. Plus, I get it. I just love introducing stuff that I love to other people that also will probably enjoy them. And yeah. so far they have, I think. Oh my god, like, not for the reasons I thought I would. Even better. But I, but I still love it. Like, it's really good. It's a, it's a fun show. Like, it really is a fun show. I, I have been enjoying myself. Yeah, that's great. And we haven't even got to the part where people think it's good. Oh, shit. Wow. Maybe I just have really low standards. I don't no. know. No. <laughs> it just gets better. Okay. Like, the writing is still pretty good for a first season. Oh, yeah. It's pretty great. Talking about it all coming together with chemistry and yeah. people oh, together. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So like when the co cohesive yes. entity. That, that peaks later. Okay. So we're watching season one, episode 11, The Big the big Goodbye. Captain Picard and some of his crew are caught in a deadly trap on the holodeck as a result of a ship-wide scan from an alien race. So most of the episodes that I've actually seen have been holodeck episodes because holodeck episodes tend to be rerun a lot because they are award-winning episodes and some algorithm says so. Yeah, that's probably right. 
Yeah, so uh, I don't know if I've seen this one or not. Um, I'm sure I will exclaim to you in the mid-break. Oh, so, most definitely. I yeah, will. If I do or do not. So if I do, I will exclaim. If not, I'll just ignore it. Correct. Yeah, that sounds good. And so the awards they won, they actually won two. Okay. And I was surprised by this because uh, the first one I knew it was an Academy Award, and it was for Best Costume Design. Okay, so Academy Award is the TV, the TV versions of the Oscars, is yes. the Academy Awards. Yeah. But they also won a Peabody for this episode. Oh, shit. So, like, that highbrow award for, like, so like highbrows. And so, I, I was surprised they had a Peabody Award. And I'm going to look at it more because I only had a few minutes because we're doing a whole string of episodes this weekend. Yeah, because yeah. I'm busy and it's I don't travel. Ugh. Yeah, and so we're working it out. And so we're actually doing a marathon of four episodes this weekend. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's pretty fun. I'm enjoying myself. I am as well. Because that, that is, honestly, that is a thing, is that sometimes when we're done recording, I'm like, come on, I'll watch another episode. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to sit and binge it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I, I now I've, I record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually been really nice to for me to have the old style of once a week kind of to hold on to for anticipation. Yeah. Because I don't usually have anticipation anymore. Oh, yeah, because, like, I mean, why? You don't need to in this age. Mm-hmm. You know, they drop all of them. I mean, you have to anticipate a whole next year, but not like week to week, little tiny hits yeah. of serotonin or whatever. Because like that is a, I would, I would limit, there was a, a period of time during the shutdown where I, I felt like I was watching too much TV and I didn't like the amount of TV I was watching. So I limited myself to one episode a night, but that's still one episode a night. Yeah. That, and that's still something when you can just binge. Yeah. Like hours. Where like every night I can watch a new episode. Like that's still pretty fucking amazing instead of every week. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a point. Do you remember what it was? No. Cool. (laughs) It was fun. It was a cool I I had fun in the discussion. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we just ended it. I feel like we just we had nothing more to say and it was over. That's fine. That happens. Yep. Not everything trans- transitions very smoothly into each other. Sometimes we're just done talking. That's true. And then we need to start talking because we're recording it and it's a podcast. So then we have to start talking about something else. We'll Correct. get better at that. We'll get better <laughs> at picking it up. Don't worry. Improvement is on the horizon. So, oh, I remember. What? It was like I was pointing out that I'm busy this weekend, so I don't have time to look up what the PD Buddy Ward was and, yeah. and what the actual reasons why I was given mm-hmm. because I'm kind of ir- curious and maybe it's something to talk about like how would we interpret a highbrow award like what a highbrow award would be giving for this episode maybe okay so, wait a made up, my made up highbrow award or like yeah. just what you think the Peabody actually were we're guessing what the Peabody saw in that episode oh okay so, so, so if I was on the Peabody say? committee with all the information I know about the Peabody committee right now which is not all that much yeah we know almost nothing yeah almost nothing um then what how would i rank this episode like what would be the reasons you think you would give for why you did give the award okay because the how award was def- given so so i i am a peabody member who gave this episode an award and another episode wants to know my reasoning for it correct not another episode another peabody member yes okay basically yeah okay so, yeah so by the end of the episode we will do a mock a mock discussion of the pe- of defending our Peabody honor. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. So we watch this show in segments. 
Uh, so, you know, we have our introduction here where we get to talk to you lovely people and, um, and talk about like what I understand about the episode, the, the kind of what spoilers I already have. We talk about that a bit. Um, if there's any notable things about the episode, like it won a Peabody award, we'll discuss that. And then, uh, we'll watch half of the episode. We'll pause at the mid break. Um, it's where, where they do like a dramatic cut to commercial and then the next scene is them kind of like recapping the show a bit. Yeah, and we'll give you a timestamp too. Hopefully, um, sometimes we get kind of high and confused about when that moment is, and put it in weird spots and give you weird time things. To be fair, it's only happened once. Okay, fine, but it has happened today. In fact, so it might happen. <laughs> it again. might happen again. Um, if it doesn't, if if we make it five episodes without doing again, then I will assume yeah, that but... it's not a habit. <laughs> If we uh, do give you a bad time, you'll at least know what that time was, so you'll stop at the same bad time. Yeah, which will be fun. We, yeah. Because we're, we're watching Star Trek together, guys, and I like it, and it's fun. It's a virtual nice. watch party. Yeah, but, with a but like you can delay. Yeah, you can do it whenever you want. It's like one of those like recorded walking tours of a museum. Oh, yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're we're guiding you through your first Star Trek experience, or maybe or, or, or maybe your twentieth. Yeah, or, yeah. Who knows? But we're let us let us walk with you through Star Trek. We'll be a Star Sherpas. It's Star Sherpas. Now I just want <laughs> like a llama <laughs> with like with like a really cool Enterprise looking like blanket. Oh like yeah. Design. And then, like, I hold the llama, and I'm like, I would be a star ship <laughs> through the trek. Let's go. Don't worry, this is my first time, too. And this is how they travel with stars, people. Hells yeah, on my llama. <laughs> oh, my God, it's amazing. Can you imagine the kind of fur that would have for knitting? Star? My space llama? Space llama would have, yeah, uh, for, like, question. sweaters and stuff. Question, would it be, like, Kevlar? Or would it be the most softest thing that more soft than anything you felt on It would on probably Earth? be soft because it might be plasma-based. <gasps> but that plasma, I don't know what that feels like. It's Isn't like, it cold? It's a soft, just like feeling of what... Isn't it, it doesn't it, it have it's a... It's like a feeling of temperature. It, but it doesn't can... it have like a temperature? Doesn't it have like a temperature it, feel? Isn't plasma warm? Most plasma is warm, but it, th this would just it's be... It's shockingly warm though. It doesn't have to be. I feel like the plasma I there is plasma you with can, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Is shockingly warm. I mean, yes. I don't like that sensation. Well, it would still. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it'd be like soft. Okay. It would still have an exterior because it's like cloth. Yeah. But it would be like so soft it would just find you almost like touching nothing. I don't know. I was thinking more like like because Kevlar is like is a woven fabric, and you know how like Kevlar has that that really waxy, heavy texture to it and stuff. Yeah. Like, I would think that maybe it would be like that, because it's... Well, I mean, it could be both. How could that be soft? Because it reacts based on the oh, amount of pressure. Oh, like a, a neutronic fluid? Yeah. That, that's where the plasma part comes in. Oh! That's fucking cool! I love my space llama! Yeah. Because it has to be able to protect itself somehow. Yeah, obviously. And it's off it radiation. A, it's squishy cut. Squishy chitin. <laughs> I love it has a squishy chitin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this would be the best high tea time talk. Oh my god, but it's on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get a taste of the, the kind of wacky crap that we talk about with people. Yeah. It's awesome. 
please check out High Tea Time. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, we do consume beverages, so sorry if you have a sonic problem with that. But if you don't, uh, listen to it, because we're amusing as fuck. Yeah, we are. <laughs> At least to ourselves, so hopefully to you too. I hope it does translate. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that's about it. It's a holodeck episode. I'm really interested to see, because this is like its first debut of the holodeck. The holodeck is its first day lead. The holodeck has been in the chorus before, a well-beloved chorus member. But today, today the holodeck gets to do the leading role, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. and pumped. They get to do a different kind of acting, and it's kind of fun. Like I, I like like a good what if episode. I just don't know if I built enough affinity for the characters to know what they would do in certain in different circumstances. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we will. So, uh, oh, oh, is there a question that we can make out of that? No, we but we answer? already have we we have our fucking. Oh, mocked, we have our theme. We have, we have our, our theme. mocked uh, our mock. Yeah, we don't have to add a court. Guess. Yeah, we're good. Okay. But like, also, I just I'm excited about the holodeck and to see how that reads in the storytelling and how I read that. So, stay tuned for the stunning continuation. Yep. The midpoint is 2040. Welcome back, everyone. We are at the midpoint now. We are. I really do agree with Deanna Troy at the beginning of the episode where um, she's all like, Captain, you have to study for the super stressful test. And it's super stressful. And you've crammed all you can cram for now. And you need to go take a nap. Or go fucking play a video game. Go just zone out for a bit, man. And I, like, I honestly believe in that. In that philosophy of, like, sometimes you just need to fucking let your brain disassociate so that it can, like, um, gather and obtain the knowledge. Yeah. I agree. It's good. It's a good philosophy. Mm-hmm. So. It also shows that they care about each other. Yeah. And then their well-being. That is nice. And then... I was thinking, like, I love, I love, because she's like, uh, they have that new Dixon Hill game you love, <laughs> and I was like, what if somebody wanted to like tell me in the future what game would be like? They have that new Sam and Max game you love, and I'd be like, fuck yeah, I am down. Not only was it a brand new game, it was an upgrade version. So it was like a new release of the most highest tech video console. Oh available. shit! So they're so like doubled up on one percent on the new system. The new Zelda games out, and I'm like baller. Yeah. Basically, that that's how epic that was. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. Yeah, part of the gamer. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. He likes mysteries. Yeah. No, I like. It's kind of like so. So my next note is literally. Uh, Picard plays it like Grandpa finally figured out how to play VR without being nauseous. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just said that he did really good at making it feel like it was a new experience. Yeah, no, he did. And it was, it was, um, so it was a very interesting way of writing in the, the lore in the, the episode. It didn't feel, it didn't feel very natural because he did act like he'd never done it before and not just like this new update before so everybody's like oh man so fucking cool man and then it's like yeah no we've had vr for like a real long time and then it moved into hollow stuff and then like at first you couldn't touch anything and now well, like this is the brand new console 
yeah, but now like you can touch it. That's cool. There's like, I don't know. I think it is that brand new experience. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I think it's like a whole new generation console. Oh shit! It's like there's holodeck and then there's the enhanced holodeck. Yeah, but it's what, like, what's enhanced about it? It's like Jeez. going from a standard to oh, HD. Oh, because wet thing. things are wet. Yeah, like and not it's so, just particles. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying. I always felt that the wonder they're displaying is like, oh my god, this is so real. Like I'm back in the 1940s. houses. possible? Yeah. Like they're time like traveling. It smells through. like asphalt in yeah. here. Like and everything is yeah is actually real. Okay. So in that's not exactly how it has always been. Okay. Oh man. That'd be a fucking rush. Yeah. So that's what, as a child, that's what it made me think of. Okay. Yeah. They did. Then they, if that's if that's how you interpret that scene, then they did a really good job of setting that up. Yeah. I just didn't read it that way. Mostly because, um, even though I love Picard, he sometimes is a toxic daddy, and I really don't like him sometimes. But I guess that's all daddy. <laughs> I personally, that I wrote, like, the holodeck would be way too intense for me. So, like, I I have a hard time dealing with VR um, if it's not purposely cartoony. Yeah. If, if it's tr- not, because, like, it's not, video games are not realistic. I know that video games are not realistic. Because I am trying to sense where the walls are and there aren't any walls that throws off my hypervigilance like crazy. Maybe... This recontextualization would help. It's like a really cool LARP. Yeah, no, but like, it's, my it's, body, my body, like, it feels uncomfortable because, like, I am trying to sense the things around me in the digital space with my body, yeah. and I can't sense them because they're not real. But they are in there. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, okay. I know, but that would fuck me over way more, I think. Oh, really? I think so. Well, I would think it's just, like, it's real. It's, it's like, I can control I don't know, it. Man. I don't know, man. I'd have, to, I'd have to try it on a lot of easy, chill modes. It'd have to be a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they have other recreational sports yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. They, they actually like, do show other Yeah, things. they do. Like, some so. of the times they have, like, real just, like, stripped-down stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to start with real stripped-down stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, Holodeck would be so awesome in technology-wise. There's not a lot to talk about. They're playing around with new technology. It's cool. It's fun to enjoy. Like I like, I like their enjoyment of it. I like, I like um, fantasizing about what I would do if I had that. Like it's a nice episode. It's just, it's really open-ended, and it's just, it's, it's fun to enjoy. Yeah. Mhm. I agree. Yeah. Um, was that already the end of your list? Yeah. We're talking about the enjoyment, but I just really, the Picard moment, we, people don't really, I don't think, talk about the scene, but I think how he portrayed how wonderful and talk the experience was to his crew and just going on and on about it and just how he acted and mm-hmm. it felt very genuine to me, but it's awesome because I grew up watching it. I'm not sure. What, what's your opinion? Yeah, no, he he obviously was genuinely excited about it. But the intensity of which he's like, no, guys, I'm a miserable bastard. I never feel joy. This is the most miracle thing because I, a miserable bastard, am feeling joy and giddiness. Yeah? That's how I read the scene and it felt awkward. Oh, okay. 
Well, I, I read the same scene and it didn't feel awkward. Okay. Because I think he does have the giddiness for sure. Because it's presented like, I've studied this period. I've read this period. I've been immersed in these books. Just books. Oh my God. It's that guilty pleasure thing of like, so, guys, guys, I know like I, this is my hyper focus. I know my fucking hyper focus is this book series. And, I, and I'm a little embarrassed about it because not a lot of people like it. And a lot of people get bored by it. And a lot of people have told me that it's kind of boring and they don't want me to talk about it anymore. But I really, really love it. And oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I gotta be in Sam and Max. That was kind of the speech. Yeah. 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 But. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that. Uh, just. Uh, so here's the thing is that the problem is, is that I know that feeling. I know that feeling of being just so fucking excited about something and seeing other people not respond to it. And it's a shitty feeling. And so I think that's what it is, is that like I'm reflecting that feeling. Mm. And I'm like, I don't like that. Don't make me feel that. I actually, I have to rewatch the scene to make sure I was reading it right. But it almost looked like the crew, while was not into it to him, but it was like looked like they're happy for him. Yeah. He's like, and the doctor and Data is getting into oh, yeah, it. Oh, you know what? They're all like, yeah, they're all going with him. That is actually really supportive. Huh? I need to work through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I'm here to remind you. The show we watch. Thank you. <laughs> and that's the fun thing about everybody having a different perspective on something is sometimes your own bullshit can keep you from seeing what's there. Yeah. Also, it's like um, from my perspective, six or seven or something like that. When I watch this episode, okay. I-, I read books or books are read to me a lot. Yeah. I'm just playing like an, an NES. Yeah. Or maybe an Atari. Uh, I so assume it'd be like, the... Se- oh, so, sorry. Mine was the Sega handhold. Yeah, I was like Atari, right? Okay. Nintendo Atari age at that point. Okay. So, it's more like not jumping up to the next console in my imagination. The wonder is from... He's literally diving into it from oh, a shit, world he's, he's going only from like read. NES to like, like GameCube. Yeah, he's, he's going to a whole other generation. He's just re- He's never really played a game with it. He's just read the world. He's going from a book to... Literally oh almost jumping into a real world. Oh, that's so fucking cool. And so that was my, that's where my imagination oh, shit. Went. It'd be like, like playing through Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, this is like, we didn't have the pretend VR. We didn't have the, even the Game Boy VR yet. Yeah, I know. But like, 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 that's the thing. It's like, oh man, I'm trying, cause I'm trying to empathize with it. And I'm like, what would I fucking go nuts over? And it'd yeah. be like, if I got to be Harry Potter in the Harry Potter show. That would... Uh, there's a movie, actually. <laughs> uh, um, it is a thing, people. And um, it's a pretty damn funny thing, actually. So you should watch, listen to this movie. Um, but... <laughs> what are we even talking about, anyway? Hi. Uh, hi, Trek. I'm fucking high. <laughs> I was thinking you played Harry Potter, but in the version of the uh, Dear Reader version. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, the that's what I thought you were talking readers. about. I mean, no, I would. F- oh my god! Oh my god! I would flip my fucking <laughs> shit for that. Oh my god! Okay, so this dude named Brad Neely wrote this uh, amazing commentary for the first Harry Potter movie called "Wizard People, Dear Readers," where he just like kind of watches the movie and makes up his own narrative throughout the whole thing, and it's so good. <laughs> it's amazing and uh, a lot of my humor is based off of that 
because I love it so much. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So that's what I thought you were talking about. Oh, my God. No, I was just talking about the regular movie, but oh, my God, if I could fucking do that, I would just fucking just, oh, my God. Yeah, you could. I'd just be like, hold on. I have to just do this for three days straight. Yeah. And once I'm done, once I'm done feeling that happy and, like, my happiness signals are burnt out from receiving happiness, then I'll come back. There is, they do talk about uh, hollow addiction at one point. Oh, shit. No, I fucking... I could imagine. Yeah. I could fucking imagine. I know. I'd freak out. I would just... I'd live too much there. Or I'd... No. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. I think I'd binge. I think I'd, I'd, I think I'd be one that, like, every once in a while I'd go binge. Yeah, I would definitely step out. I wouldn't just live there. Yeah. My God. But yeah, I thought about this as a kid, and it was like, this opened my mind to whole new ideas. Yeah. Because that was, this is, oh, as far as I know, this is when we really start talking about VR, like, as a common thing. Yeah. Because I feel like, I feel like my step into that was, like, uh, X-Men, the for the first X-Men, because I feel like there was kind of a holodeck thing there with, uh, with the computer. Oh yeah, in the training grounds. Yeah, in the training grounds. Yeah, wasn't that that wasn't that was kind of a holodeck thing, wasn't it? Yeah, basically that was. Yeah, yeah that was and holodeck, so like holodeck. that was my first introduction to that concept, and I felt a huge affinity for that, for just the idea that I could make anything ever happen in a scenario that would be real was just lit a fucking fire in my ten-year-old brain. Yeah, fucking intense. Yeah, holodecks. Holodex, man. They are the gateway drug to imagination. Yeah, this is the Shadowrun version. A fucking <laughs> plug and a wire. Oh my god. But there's something goddamn amazing about that. There is. That's, uh, that's was... more likely the way we're going to go. Sadly. Oh, I, hope I hope not. I want this feature. I don't want the fake VR version. I know. Although, like, I've always wanted to be a Decker. Yeah. Oh, those are also in this universe. Shit, there are Deckers in this universe? Yeah. Uh, I think they're in DS9, though. Uh, wait, those are... They're, 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 those are the mutants. Nope. No. No? No. There's people that have data ports. Oh, shit. Fuck, I want to be a Decker. Yeah, it's a thing. Just people don't, don't do them. I had a, I had a Shadowrun character that uh, used... So it was, uh, it was fucking Shadowrun. Like, I don't remember. Definitely not four definitely not three it might have been it's between one or three i can't remember what version we had probably three we let this really hand me down like like pretty much we found it at like uh pals because we wanted to play shadow run probably three then and we just grabbed a shadow run game in like the early 2000s what did the if you could actually describe the cover i actually <sighs> I might go play if it was three god it was a fucking long ass time ago i don't remember it was on the cover all right well we, we don't have to go through that then oh jesus uh but it wasn't my book um <laughs> but no 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 uh so we played old school deckards and i remember my my deck was a fucking guitar hero guitar <laughs> oh man i thought that was so cool that would be pretty cool carrying a guitar case no i just had it like slung it on the back of my oh, like nice. no case no protection fucking ready to go at any just time oh i, I actually do have a big list <laughs> You have, this is compared your, to what you, a, your this list. This is a turn. This is a turn. Yeah, it's not huge, and I don't know how much we're actually going to talk about. Oh, even the best, of the best, have spelling issues, <gasps> and that felt kind of nice. That did feel really nice because I'm a terrible speller. 
Yeah. So you can still be this awesome person and, you know, not be able to spell knife correctly. Which is a one I learned really early, but that's mostly because I watched a lot of Trigun, and um, there's a character in Trigun named Knife, and I had to read it, um, so I knew how to spell Knife. I had to learn most of these rules through absurd amounts of rote uh, memorization because I have a form of a writing disorder. So that's why it was very hard for me to learn um, spelling, and that's why I'm not very good at it. That's okay, I'm also horrible at yeah. I didn't know that until I was in my 30, like 28, 30. I always thought I was, a ba- I was a bad learner and that I was a lazy student and I didn't practice enough. Uh, did you have more shit on your list? We took a we took a long turn. Oh, and I made a noise this time. Yeah, what was it? I was saying, no, Halloween doesn't exist. It makes me sad. It was sad. Halloween didn't exist. Oh my god, yuck. So in the future. So, okay, so Picard, do you want... You explain the scene. It's your note. So there... Oh my god, I forgot the context. Do you want me to explain it? Yeah, explain it. Okay, so anyway, Picard is in the the game and he he didn't dress up in a suit he dressed that he has his his flight uniform on and he walks in and they're like what are you a bellboy because the flight uniform kind of vaguely resembles a bellboy uniform um of that time period and to a degree that it would be acceptable to mistake one for the other um and so it's like well it's like uh and so the first thing showed up and is like what did you do lose a bet you know you look like a bellboy his secretary said that and then went upstairs and then the broad the broad who was trying to hire the detective was like why you look like that and he said i lost a bet and she said well at least you're dressed ready for halloween and he said huh yep as if halloween did not exist in the future and that's not a future i can live with either yeah beagle we can't let this happen it's true. On the one hand, it could still be practiced locally in regions. Okay. Because he's from France. He is from France. So maybe and France doesn't have a big... Big yep. holding culture. Yep. But maybe Riker is down with fucking Halloween. Ha- yeah, because he's, he's an American. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's from Alaska. Is he? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's cool. Is. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking neat. Yeah, I hope Alaska celebrates Halloween. Yeah, why not? Kick ass. So there's still hope. But there's still hope. Halloween is good. But my instant, instant reaction gut reaction was like, I'd never realized the Halloween in the future, and it made no, me sad. No Halloween. That means they don't celebrate on the ship. There's kids on that ship. I know. Oh, they don't. Kids that don't know about the joys of Halloween. Maybe they'll study it in class, and they'll have a new Halloween and the traditional start. That would be amazing. That's how it started in other countries. Yeah, and that's how, like, literally, like, that that's happens every couple spreads. of years. Yeah. yeah. I'm explaining culture. No, it's great. That's what we do. Isn't it fun? It is. Would you like to go into a deep dive elaboration? I'll stay out of the way. Uh, well, sticky note it, because that's a good conversation to have. Okay, sticky note on the, uh, the concept of... Uh, Halloween and culture and how time manifests and tradition spread. Noted. Okay. I actually keep a spreadsheet on this now. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh hey! So we have a Patreon. Um, it's at patreon.com slash highcheck. Correct. 
yeah so um we we might do a post-it note series where like we just sit down and record and like go into discussion and detail on like some of the things that we haven't discussed yeah um i would i would say that should be a pay for thing but like yeah why not um if we get around to it it'll be a pay for thing yeah because like i mean like if you really want to hear us talk about it we'll do it (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we have a Patreon, and we do things there. Most of the content is um, free, I think. Yeah, I would say like seventy-five percent posting... of our content yeah. we post is free, uh, occasionally, and we will do special things. And that's mostly if the thing is more time-consuming. Everything that we are currently doing now, which is way more than just one podcast, because we are weird perfectionist kids who need admiration. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. It's a terrible truth. Yeah. And so both of us are highly motivated people who constantly want to one-up ourselves. And so, you know, it just gets ridiculous, honestly. It really does. But to enjoy our ridiculous amount of content (laughs) that we don't spend any excess energy doing, it's all posted on Patreon. Anything that extra that we come up with where we're like, oh man, that'd be really fun if I had extra time... And you know what gives us extra time? Extra money. That's how capitalism works. It does. So, unfortunately, we got to play with the shitty rules we're given. Yeah. But and... in this context, it's uh, what I would like to consider, consider small um, ethical capitalism because you're supporting creators in a natural way where they still give. You're still part of the community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. It's, it's more of a supportive, voluntary um buy-in yeah and like if you want to if you want to fucking do that if enough people think that's cool and want to give us money to do shit like that then fuck yeah fuck yeah we'll sit down and we'll do a a post-it note um like debate series yeah and then you guys can tally the winners oh that's good yeah yeah shit like that anyway your list sorry oh yeah we have that uh oh a dramatic noir film style. Mm-hmm. They uh, they did that. Isn't that, that fun? It is. And then from a brief read of the wiki of this episode, I think actually Gene Roddenberry's idea. Oh, to, really? To do the to, noir? To do the noir feel to the holodeck story. Uh, so, just want to mention Producer's that. note. Yep. You yelled out, oh, that's so cute. Oh, shit. I did. Uh, so, what, was it Riker and Data? No, it was Data and Data Jordy. And like, Jordy? There's the doubly my friend. Undubitably, dear Data. Yeah. Oh my god, it was the best. Yeah. Oh, it was so sweet. Like, it was just this little sweet moment where two people just gotta have a goof, a wholesome goof between each other, and it was amazing, and I enjoyed it, and it was good feelings. It was, and I thought that was really adorable, and I wanted to point that out. Yes. I had the good feels. What do you think of the set design and costumes and stuff like that? I mean, like... <laughs> Within context of the time period, because you have it's to. So here's the thing. is like It feels very, very much like a reenactor like who treasures it but doesn't have a lot of budget. Yeah. If you consider it within the time period, the war that was given, though. Yeah, but, the, okay. but like that's the thing. is like... It, I I find that comforting, actually. Okay. Like I find that 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 break from reality of small rooms, small sets. Because like if you had to, 
like VR, you can only project in a small area. Like the idea that you could only project so much, only do so much. Yeah. In a in like a like a live li what size is this room? Like my room? No, this living room, like ten by twenty. Sure. Yeah. Like so. Like like project. I would imagine that the holodeck can probably do a fifty by fifty square. On its own. Yeah. Yeah, and like that, but that seems like a lot. Like you can do a lot with that. Yeah. And it plays with perspective, so it even looks like you can see mountain rangers off in the distance. Yeah. So, and it feels natural. Exactly. You could do that, and you could, like, because you can have, you can have enough going on in a 50 by 50 square foot radius that feels like you're in a concert, because that's really all your body can sense. Exactly. Is that 50 by 50, like, and that's pretty fucking far. Like, that's, like, for, like, the, the, on the major crazy end of the human senses spectrum is 50 by 50 square to like be able to sense body presence and like see things out of your um peripheral vision and like you know have the uh stimuli with and be able to read that like a 50 50 feet away is Quite like a bit. smell yeah that's that that that's intense levels of human ability right there yeah it's epic yeah man i want to do that fun okay <laughs> What were we talking about? Uh, the costume and set design. Oh, they, yeah, no, no, no. They it's... won the Academy Award for costumes that year. Yeah, but, like, it felt really, like, play production-esque. I mean, that's all you had. Yeah, I know. Oh, I okay. liked it. I liked it, and it's fun, because, like, it's an interactive play production where you get to be the star. Yeah. Which is fun, but, like, it, it was a very interesting feel to it. I mean, like, it's just, it's, they're recreations. They're well-done recreations, like... I don't know. The yeah. things that things that excite me in like a fashion wise tend to be like new things, things that I haven't seen before. And like sometimes you can discover that in a recreation. Right. Like a fashion that's gone like like left by the wayside, you can you can pick that up from older fashion and re retool it to something new. And that's really fun. But for the most part, you know, like it was just it it just it worked. It didn't it wasn't big. It wasn't uh, eye-catching but it it didn't clash with what was happening it, was, it did the job of costuming so it was good costuming yeah exactly it wasn't amazing well okay but good pretty good yeah yeah i mean this is pretty it wasn't life-changing costuming like i didn't like this i don't feel like this should be the bar of everybody who's a costumer it should be like i'm gonna fucking watch this episode so i know i know what i can reach for no, in a historical context, though, it's important. Yeah. We're also going to talk about the Peabody thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Have we're, you got any ideas I about don't think, that? I don't think we're there yet. You don't have any ideas yet? Um, no. All right. That's fair. I don't really either. <laughs> but I wanted to ask because we forgot to ask. So I guess... Uh, look, well, let's ask. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to table that. Yeah. You already wrote it down. I already did, but I got I to gotta see... See previous. Oh, okay. So, I'm ready to finish the rest of the episode. Yeah. So, I just wrote a note for me for part three um, that we need to have our mock Peabody debate. We're kicking it. We're kicking it to the end of the ep. Yep. Uh, and we're going to start at uh, 2040. Yep. And uh, see, talk to you after the warp. Yeah, have a good time. <laughs> And now, for the stunning conclusion. Yeah, so, um... Oh, I... 
that was just a fun episode. Oh, I didn't do phone. I don't think I did phone check last no. segment. But uh, for the first segment, uh, one time. This segment, four times. Yeah, I noticed a little increase there. Yeah. I Well, it's just like sometimes I peak too early. Mm. And then I'm just like, well, and I'm bored of the episode now. Bye. Yeah. Yep. I forgot the ship was in danger. Oh, yeah. I forgot again that the ship was in danger. Because I forgot my note. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, so so this whole time they've been under, like, this weird threat of, like, yo, if your captain cannot give us thus required diplomacy speech, if he doesn't do a spell right, and he doesn't do the ritual correctly, we're going to kill y'all. Because we don't like people who can't do correct rituals. Because we're lawful neutral. Sum that up pretty well. Yeah. That, that is it. And that the is D&D talk. Sorry. Uh, I just said talk really fun. I don't know why I did that. Sometimes I have to. Sometimes that's, that's my connection to the world. It's a good connection to have. It's fun. I enjoy it. Yep. Hey, if you're neurodivergent, it's really fun to practice social interactions in a safe environment like role play, like Dungeons and Dragons. You should go play. It's fun. Yeah, I forgot that we were endangered. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, like, this episode is so the holodeck that they didn't need a B plot, and I don't know why they fucking put a B plot in there. Because, <laughs> like, it wasn't necessary. The, the stakes were they're going to die. The thing can just glitch. Like, you don't need to put another alien species, a harmful alien species. It did add another layer of conflict for Riker. Oh, it did. Because they said we could accidentally kill them. Yeah. There's, like, a chance that they could just die. Yeah. So he weighed the risk of the capture versus the risk of the ship. So, while it wasn't a major point, this is very true, they did uh, use it to some degree. Yeah, a little bit. So the next thing I have is no gum in the future? Mm -hmm. I don't eat gum, so I don't know why this was, like, such a, like, thing for me. And they handed, like, Dr. Crusher a stick of gum, and she puts it in her mouth, and she, like, chews it a bit, and then she swallows it like, you know, you would food. And she kind of has a moment where she's like, oh, that does not feel good. That texture was weird. Because <laughs> if you've ever swallowed gum before, it is a... <clears throat> interesting sensation it is it's very peculiar mm -hmm. was that your notes i have one more <laughs> oh okay so i don't know why it's <laughs> down. oh i have two more oh so when they're in the holodeck there's uh so they're like i'm not gonna really describe the holodeck scenes because it's pretty much they're in a video a noir video game the mob happens there's guns it's exciting no one cares like that's dressing yeah. i'm not gonna get into that um but like uh, there's a scene where oh yeah no shit so like so somebody shoots him cause like so the, the holodeck is glitched out and so somebody shoots him and it actually created manner, matter so as if as if the holodeck couldn't decipher what matter to create and what matter not to create um, cause I assume that it works with holograms yeah it's, it's a combination of a whole bunch of things yeah so i assume that like it's a combination of like matter generation and holograms that's yeah. how i that's how i interpret it's like it. matter generation and i guess it, they said force field technically yeah but same concept yeah just different terminology yeah so like pretty much there's just like re, re literal realistic level graphics over a um quickly formed state bar yeah so like a couch would be like uh a very basic formed 
Like, like in video games, when you do video games, it's like a form with a skin over it. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a giant replicator. Yeah. No, no, no. I imagine, yeah. but I imagine the way that it would replicate things would be as a simplistic box form. Like you do in video games. When you make a thing that moves or exists in video games, you'd make a simple base form. So you'd make a simple base form, then with a realistic skin on top. And so the realistic skin on top would be the hologram. But like when I touch this, I touch a box or I touch fabric that feels like this. Yeah. But like the rest of the couch isn't. This is where I'm let down in the Star Trek lore because okay. you're describing something where it makes more sense how they explain it later. Oh. Now it's not. It's explained differently, and they do change that. Okay. Um. Right now, like the water is like real water. Like yeah. No, but that's they would the literally. Thing. It wouldn't just be a force field touch. It, it would be a real couch. Yeah, but like Completely I think there would be a combination of that. So like when you had a drink, the thing that was created in the drink that you're gonna interact with is gonna be more like a replicator. It's gonna choose to use that power to focus on replicating something that you're gonna interact with, like gum, like. Like anything that you would interact with, maybe, but I don't. I don't think that's. I'm how giving they the hollow deck a lot. Oh yeah, this way. is. I consider this a hotly debated topic because it's really. We have no right answers. Yeah, no, it's just we that, just have it's just our how arguments. It feels. It's just how we feels about yeah. it. There's a lot of things that we can quote, and there are things that are contradictory. So it's yeah, even it's just how we feels, and so like yeah. we can go on about this forever. Yeah, but no, it, uh, right now it's. Things are very real. Like water is yeah. like it comes out. That doesn't happen in the later episodes. It's okay. fake water. Um, I imagine it would just be like particles without like making water. It would just be like making sand, like particles of like sand or like it like a base particle without attached. It is, and it, it just doesn't hold up in the holodeck after it leaves. Yeah, because it's because it's unstable, and it can only be stabilized in in these yeah. circumstances. Yeah, but some things are generated. Yeah, and they vary the level on where they settle on that. So I imagine that, so I, so this is how my brain interprets it. So my idea is that, yeah, no, it does both. How I interpret the holodeck is that like, it's, it's like, like any video game, the background's not going to be as detailed as the things that the player's interacting with. Yeah. And I think based on how they explain that later, that's the way they generally go. So you're, you're not wrong. So the holodeck, right? And um, so there's this moment in the holodeck where uh, everything, like, uh, oh, the the fucking dude gets shot, right? Yeah. And so he gets shot, and everyone's like, oh, fuck, it's real. Oh, God. And um, Beverly, you know, just goes into fucking doc Dr. Beverly Crusher. I'm trying to remember when I say Beverly, or instead of saying Beverly, they either say Dr. Crusher or Dr. Beverly Crusher, because she is a doctor. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And I feel like that's important to remember. She worked. She didn't go to eight years of doctor school to not be a doctor. That is correct. Yeah. Or more. I don't know how many years of doctor school you have to go to now. I have no idea space, either. I, I don't know. To be know. a space doctor. I know that doctors are a lot older than uh, the recruits, new recruits, because they have a lot more training to do. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't go to all the years of doctor school to not be a doctor. No. Anyway. <laughs> Hi, Jack. So, so anyway, that happened. Um, she's like, oh, I need light. And Data grabs, like, this lamp and, like, brings it over. And then, uh, like, it gets unplugged from the wall. And he's, like, looking at, like, oh, God, I broke it. And he's kind of looking around, like, does anybody know? Does anybody know how lamps work? 
I don't know. <laughs> this is this is an arcane, arcane technology. We're like, where before you could just send power through the ether around us and just plug in anywhere. We didn't need batteries or cords. And uh, Picard, who was just like, guys, don't worry. My grandmother told me once upon a time of how they used to sit in their living rooms with electric plug-in lamps. Fondly. I think I got this. Grabs the cord, plugs it in. Picard saves the day! As it should be. <laughs> I just like, it was such a great moment. Like, because the whole entire scene was pantomime, pretty much. There were like no words. Yeah, none. And like, it was just like Data grabbing the lamp, looking confused, Picard getting like kind of a light bulb, oh shit moment, and like, just like, fuck yeah, plug in the lamp. How do you find another power? Co Where are these things? And it was just. It was a really good acting moment. It was just a really nice moment, and I liked it a lot. It was. And Data was ignorant of everything Picard did. Oh my god, that rarely happens. Yeah, Data was looking at the light, like tap, tap, tap. Yeah. And Picard did all the wire stuff, and it just turned on, and he kind of just like did a Data shrug yeah, and continued like, on. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that, like of how of how um, different that role is. Because I feel like that's kind of what, why Picard is pretty uh, aggressive isn't the right term, but like condescending towards Data and like not understanding social cues is because Data knows everything. Yeah. And Picard wants to ha be the final say in all information because he's the captain. But Data knows everything. So you think he gets grumpy about that? I think he gets grumpy about it. I think he like, he, think he lets it out out of condescension towards Data not understanding social cues. What's that to do with the lamp? That was the whole scene. Is that Data didn't know something that Picard did. Picard got a one-up Data. Right. And so he wasn't grumpy. He was real nice to Data. Oh, he was really nice to Data. Yeah. And not grumpy about it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he said it's a good thing. Well, no. I'm saying that Picard is, is, has toxic reactions to Data that he needs to like observe in himself. But like, I don't think we're going to get that through a... 90s TV show. Oh, I thought you just said that that happened because he was happy to help Data and didn't point it out to him. No, he was happy that he knew more information than Data did. Oh, I didn't and think so. And so he wasn't mean to Data because he was happy that he finally got that one up on him. Okay, so yes, I, then I do disagree with that then. Okay. Because the expression that Picard had to me didn't read as that way. It's more like, Oh well, I'll I'll get this for you, buddy. Yeah, more of okay. a, friend, a friendly gesture. Okay. To me, it was a friendly thing, not a competition. I feel differently. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Maybe you'll look back at it with different eyes and different later. Yeah, that because that, we talk about that yeah. happening all the time. No, that will happen. That might happen because like because like last episode, I don't think I liked Picard. Correct. I think it was this episode, I really liked Picard. Yeah. Because like he. He got, he got, so here's the thing, like, he was really awkward in the Lexana Troy episode, like, in a way that made me, just made me, it was felt incongruous with this character. Incongruous? Incongruous? Incongruity? You got it right at one point. Yeah! I that's think. the important part. Yeah. That's the important part. One of those times was right. Incongruity. Incongruous? Yeah. Incongruous. I think the first one, that, anyways. <laughs> Uh, I read a lot. I also wanted to talk about um, my last note, 
is about the holodeck glitch. So oh, the holodeck yes. glitch. So when I think of a glitch, I think of a kill screen on like a stand-up arcade game, like a like a quarter slot arcade arcade game. Yeah. I know that they were nickels at one point, so <laughs> quarter slot is not an accurate description, but I hope that it. If I keep rambling, people will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Uh, so like uh, on Donkey Kong, um, so the the levels keep generating even like the, there's no real end like there was no real programming end um the levels will start generating it just doesn't have the files don't have anything to find so it it will um start generating um pixels and then like we'll try to grab files near those pixels where those pixels are storage or just try to grab whatever it can and it glitches out that's what glitching out is 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 a computer is trying to reach for information that's not there okay and so, like, in my head, what glitching out represents in the holodeck should have been things are popping into existence and popping out of existence, being created weird. It's raining. It's not raining. Like, you know, like, things are manifesting. Like, things are glitching. Like, right. I wanted to see it glitch. He did for a moment. Yeah. At the end, when it was getting worse. Yeah. It wasn't satisfying to me. I didn't well, like Well, obviously, uh, otherwise you wouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, that's true. I just like, <laughs> and I know a lot of this is like historical context, so it's really hard to have this discussion because uh, video games were ubiquitous uh, when this was being filmed as they are now. Um, you didn't have a console and uh, uh, like every family didn't just have a console. Yeah. And by that, I mean like a gaming console, like, like every... I wouldn't say every family because obviously there's like a there's a class divide and there's a there's definitely like a financial aspect to this. Yeah. Uh, But I would say that most households have a game console in their house, whether it be an Xbox, most likely an Xbox or a Switch. Yeah. Um, I feel like PS PS tends to be more towards the quote unquote pro gamer. It tends to be a little bit more elite. I don't like to. Look, I grew up in the console wars of so of, did I. Ot, of Ot three, and it makes me. It reminds me of those times, and they were toxic, and I don't. They were so toxic. I'm sorry, guys. It's just sometimes I like to throw shitty things out and like extreme, like stretch it to the extreme, so everybody knows how shitty it is by pretending it's funny. And sometimes that works, and sometimes it's just dumb. We're explaining culture again. Yeah, that's what we do on the show. That's true. You're welcome, dear readers. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> but yeah, glitching out is no. There's a whole another level of glitching out here. Oh really? What do you mean? I mean, I mean the safeties were off. Yeah, so that's the thing is like because the way that it interpreted it as glitching was that you just it wouldn't end like it just keeps going and there's yeah the safety is off so like. Instead of manifesting a, like a hologram of a bullet, it manifested an actual bullet. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. It's a big oops, though. It is a pretty big oops. That's a pretty big oops. Um, there's also the concept of it messed up the programming. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, there's I guess... There's an element of possibility there. So if the hologram works as I as I think it does, if if my version of the holodeck is perfect, which is what we're presupposing in this... Um, because that makes for an easier time to have a discussion. Uh, is that like the, it can generate both matter and holograms. Yeah. And it plays with the both so interchangeably that it's hard to tell the difference. 
So in my head, the best way to hack the, the holodeck is just to like break its hologram ability and just have it replicate. Right. Yeah. Because you couldn't <laughs> tell the difference. No, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, and like that would be a real good way to hack it if you wanted to screw with it. Why was that my first thought? <laughs> I was really into hacker culture in the 80s. I thought it was cool as fucking shit, man. Phone freaking and all that <laughs> stuff. Oh, man, no. Like, I love Shadowrun and all that stuff based off of it and hackers and the anarchist cookbook and, ah, oh, man, it was, it, 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 that, that was, like, my true crime. Like, everyone else had, like, serial killers and I was just like, I want to know about these rebels. Like, moving bank account numbers around because nobody cares nobody knows how to stop them so yeah i like to think about that a lot when i think about computer programming and that's that's what was happening yeah during that time period so um well or had just happened <laughs> or was being phased out was being phased out again i feel like it was being phased out in the 90s Oh, and then I yeah. Because, uh, like, we moved from uh, the phone phone modem to an actual modem modem, and, like, it became more ubiquitous, and people just had to, started having, like, you know, get off the phone, I'm trying to get on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, Dial-up. and But dial-up was a thing, because it, it was, at one point, was not easy to get. I know. Yeah. I, my dad was an early adopter, though. I was lucky. Oh, mine too! Which is probably why I was super fascinated with it. Yeah, it kind of gave us a leg up on the whole, like, digital divide coming into our generation. Yeah, I mean, like, it didn't help me now. I'm super afraid of electronics now, but I don't know why that is. I have the same anxiety. I think it's kept me more in touch than it kept my dad in touch. For longer. So, for me. Yeah, that's an an interesting perspective. Yeah, but the older I get, the harder I have to try. Yeah, that's... Says, when do I give up trying? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I think I'll last a while because it's still interesting to me. Oh yeah, no, like, oh, man, I I love it. It's. So I mean, I'm doing a podcast, just like everyone else in my generation. I know it's great. <laughs> oh my god, I saw a meme once. It's like, if all you did today was not start a pod- podcast, good job. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, I didn't make it. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> so. Uh, um, that was the end of your list? Uh, yeah, that was it. It was the, uh, yeah, the glitch. The glitch felt unsatisfying to me, um, because they just stayed open, and it just kept running, and it, but, like, I understand why it's because they didn't have the, the rich film language that we have now. Like, The Matrix hadn't come out yet. Oh, definitely not. It's, like, over a decade difference. And, like, that's what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of, like, a glitch in a holodeck is The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what my brain wants, because, like, that, that is, uh, I know that I've already that's said That's literally that. like a tagline, isn't it? Glitch in the Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I wanted in the holodeck, because I wanted the Matrix yeah, glitch. And, and I'm is... like, oh, yeah, it didn't come out yet. No, not even close. And, <laughs> and... it might, you know, I wonder how much um, it was based on the idea of some of the holodeck stuff from Star Trek. Oh, my God. Because it could just be a manifestation of that. Because they deal with, like... So, Wachowski siblings, right? Yeah. And they deal... Star Trek, they deal with worlds within worlds. Yeah. Which so, is what the Matrix is. Yeah. Within world. Oh, my God. So, this might be... I, I don't realize... Hot old... take that we have no proof to back up. Wild speculation corner here. Yeah. And, I mean, if you have an earlier source that that might be based on, please let me know. I'd be interested to know. Beagle would love to hear you guys talk, talk to us. Um, I... 
love and care about all of my dear readers, but also, um, I have weird anxiety issues. And so talking to strangers I don't know makes me want to curl up into a ball and hide under the couch. And since I have work to do during the day, uh, that gets a little difficult. Yeah, it's not very productive. Yeah, so I don't. So I don't interact with the internet. Uh, Beagle. Beagle does. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll be the filtering system for what reaches their ear. Yeah. Years from the community. And I and I appreciate I do appreciate you guys. You guys are all amazing. But also I have issues that I'm working on. I hope everyone understands. I'm sure you do. Thanks. Uh yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird that, that film language has evolved since this came out to the point that like I feel the original is unsatisfying because it's not what I want like what I'm used to. Yeah. It, it is that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It changed. The future changed how I view the past. That's how life works. That's how time works. Oh my god, I'm high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've dealt with these kind of issues uh, a lot, actually, with uh, my history degree. Oh, yeah. That's why, like, a lot of times I've tried to put things in context for you. Oh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Because, yeah. like, because that's one of the ways that I try to experience history and what people were thinking and why they were feeling that way and why they chose to do that is to try to understand context why i do is just kind of been a habit i picked up over the the years because oh, i i appreciate it yeah well thank you I really because like i i missed out on my own history because yeah. like i was not involved in the society that everyone else was involved in when i was growing up um so like i missed out on my own culture it's unfortunate yeah i mean like it is what it is it, it was an interesting way to grow up uh i i feel like i'm not dead <laughs> So, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's positive. Pretty fucking positive. So, you know, I had a different life experience. Yeah. But now I get to watch Star Trek for the first time with you and do a podcast. So that's pretty cool. I'm enjoying it. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Let's see. That was my list. All right. So I'll go kind of quickly over mine. Just a couple things. And then we'll do the Peabody thing. Oh, shit. Yeah, the Peabody. Mock Peabody debate. I'm ready. Yeah. Ready for it. So I did want to talk about uh, Rikers treating Wesley just like a regular officer. Okay. And just being like, no, sit here on the bridge. You, your place is here or whatever. Yeah, and, while and his then, mom was trapped in, well, a, in a video game. Yeah, and so then Deanna, like, his mom's also in trouble. And then he softened up and treated him more like a... Like a kid. Like a kid. I... Yeah. That's how you would have to... Like, that. that's how you should deal with teenagers because at once they are ready for adult responsibilities but also not yeah at the same time it's just it's give and take yeah it really is and you have to you have to allow that and it's chaotic and it's difficult and i understand why picard doesn't want to deal with it he's the fucking captain of the enterprise mm -hmm. the fucking, flagship fucking do that shit on the DeSoto, okay? <laughs> I don't have time. Oh, you know another Starship's name? Yeah, of course That's I know. Awesome. It's it's a it's a goof. It's a goof from uh, the Greatest Generation. Oh, okay. They, they're called Friends of DeSoto because uh, it's it's kind of it's their term of like our, our uh, my my idea of dear readers, oh, okay. which is taken from another thing. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, I I am an amalgamation of of 
pop culture references that nobody gets but me and my brothers. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. That's good. Yeah. Secret language. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that interaction because it was kind of, it was an interesting interaction. We, I wouldn't normally necessarily watch that because it was quick, but mm-hmm. it's like I'm analyzing all these little things here and there to to further delve into the characters. Yeah, no, I really so. like it and I really appreciate you bringing it up and being able to kind of look into it because uh, it's a... Once upon a time, I was getting my degree to become an elementary school teacher and I wanted to use it to be a middle school math school teacher. And, like, I hadn't had a lot of interactions with teens and I don't remember liking teens when I was a teen. And so it was a thing that was, like, slightly uncomfortable was the idea of being in charge of a classroom of teens. And so one of the things that I do to help me with anxiety is try to find examples of how I would like a situation to go. Right. And so like that, that is, that is an example of in a crisis with a teenager who's supposed to have responsibility and supposed to, you know, like, how would you treat this? Just like that. That seemed like a really good way. That's how I would want to handle that situation. Yeah. They said they do that a lot on Star Trek. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, like a lot of the time it tends to be like, shit, I would do it like that. Oh, that's good. And like, here's the thing is like most of the time when I'm watching TV, that shit that was good moment does not happen for me. It's like, I don't get it. Why would you do that? Why would you do that is usually what I'm saying at TVs. (laughs) Not nice. Good job. (laughs) That's good. Good job. I also wanted to like point out how much that the captain really got into the the holodeck. (laughs) Yeah. Like not just... I'm, not talk- I'm talking about Captain Picard, like, not the actor being able to start yeah. the stuff, but actually how the character was, like, even after the, his uh, officer got shot and he was, like, being taken away, he said, hold on, I'll meet up with you, and went to say goodbye to this character. Oh, it's a hologram. It's a hologram. Yeah. But it also became self-aware to some degree. Kind of. Maybe allowed, but it's not supposed to happen, but... The glitch might have affected it. Perhaps. Okay, so are, are we talking headcanon? Are we talking private? Our headcanon, not not. This is speculation. This is throwing spaghetti at the wall. This is what if? What if this was canon? I'm I'm filling in blanks. Here. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is like I'm not saying this is how it has to be. Yeah. But you could um. But based on some other episodes, it was a secret secret menu Star Trek. Yes. Based on other episodes, I think that it would be considered a glitch if characters became self-aware. Yeah. I know about the Moriarty Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. Then I'll have to dance around that issue. Yeah, like I know about okay. Moriarty Sherlock yeah. Holmes. So they're not supposed <laughs> to become self-aware. No, they're not supposed to, but I know that fucking happens. Yeah. And so uh, I think that maybe the glitch could have affected the programming. Oh, shit. Like that glitch right there affected how... The uh, characters reacted to being known that they were Okay, so in my head, I'm justifying that by saying um, the glitch probably dealt with how Data gets Data. No, Data is the name of the character. Data is how I pronounce the word. Um, Yes. Yes. Uh, So how how Data gets stored in in the game, in the game glitch. And if you glitch so that, because like, you know, I imagine that the Enterprise has a bunch of AI. And if like somehow AI got replicated into how like, a certain type of learning AI got replicated into the uh, storage drives of like NPCs. Yeah. 
that could do it. Yeah. I'm saying some crap like that could have happened, yeah. basically. That's a good explanation. I love computers. Yeah. Yeah, and that brings up metaphysic, metaphysical questions about what what's real and what's sentience and stuff like that. And what if your world wasn't real and... Yeah, like what is reality? Of, oh, oh up my a lot god! Of what if questions? Oh my god! So, so here's the thing: post-it note, post-it note, post-it fucking note on the concept of being able to beam and live inside of a video game of like being uploaded into a computer. All right, fucking I'm gonna, I'm gonna post-it note that add a holodeck continuation to that note. Okay, because that's I just want to remember where that conversation came from. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i've had conversations with this where i uh i'm i'm i don't know if you guys have been able to figure this out but i am uh i gesture a lot i'm a very enthusiastic talker i kind of move my body a lot um i require a lot of space around me in case i don't kick over vacuums um or knock over tables with my limbs yeah that's happened yeah it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, like, I've had, like, super in-depth, like, huge knockout conversations with another person who's an enthusiastic speaker. And it's just been, like, our hands are waving <laughs> in the air and our feet are stomping. And, like, we're both doing this to each other. Like, we're at top volume. We're not yelling, but we're just enthusiastically <laughs> loud, which is a different thing. <laughs> And, um, and I just, like, I had a moment, like, what, right in the middle where I'm like, man, if anybody was watching us and didn't know what we were doing and we didn't have sound, and, like, if, like, if we were, like, in a field somewhere and someone was watching us with binoculars, this would look like a weird moose mating ritual or, like, dominance fight or something. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, we're not that different from the animals, are we? No. No. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Post-it note. Post-it note, Post note for that. Uh, I just wanted to point out that there was a big moment when Cat McCard, like, did his speech to the aliens, mm -hmm. and everyone clapped and hurrahed, and, like, it was a big cheer moment on the deck. Yeah. Oh, that was really cool. Like, that doesn't happen. They do diplomatic stuff all the time. And, and no one big, not, nothing, nothing like that. So it was like, it was like a big emphasis on, like, this is a huge moment. And I never really thought about it like that. Did you ever do Model UN? I did a mock UN trial. Okay. Oh, shit. That must have been intense. Oh, yeah. Um, I did the Holy Holy defense, and we had our client run out the back room. <laughs> he was on trial for war crimes. Wow. What right. was that coming? Oh, yeah. Like, mock UN. Yeah, but, like, you fucking, like, I've, I've done things where, like, you're... Where there are fake stakes, and even in fake stakes, ugh, it feels so good to win. Yeah. You know, like, um... It does. Like, I, I, uh, am involved in a non-profit, or, well, I used to be involved in a non-profit organization that was, like, a social club, like, a, it's a LARPing game. Uh, but, like, it's kind of like the Elks or the Lions, where, like, you have... There is political hierarchies, and there are positions, and people jockey for those positions, and, like, you know, it, it you do set policy. And so, like... I like the politics game. It's fun for me. Yeah. So, like, watching him succeed at the politics game, and I'm like, mm, yeah, let's 
Go, Captain Picard. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Video games? Video games save the day. Yep. That's the lesson from this show. Video games save the universe. More for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just want to point out that that was probably, uh, it's a major thing that happened. Oh, yeah. And then they never talk about it again. Well, I mean, like, they literally just blow up ships full of dead people and never mention it. That's true. Well, they don't do that very often. I feel like there's been a lot more ships of dead people than I feel comfortable That they with. cause? No, that just exist. Oh, okay. Just that, in space. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll no, they don't that. kill anyone, but they just, like, are around death a lot. Yeah. Are, I'm not around death as much as they are, but then again, I'm not on a military ship. Maybe that's just higher for your interaction with death. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, these are the frontier people. This I mean, is our frontier. You can definitely man. write in and tell Beagle how I'm wrong. I don't know if he cares. Sure, write in. Don't be mean. Yeah, don't be mean. That's all I gotta say. I'm not gonna see it. Like, I'm interested. Just don't be mean. Yeah, I'm not gonna see it. Like, Beagle's gonna see it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, I. I am actually kind of interested if uh, if you're nice and don't call me an idiot. Sometimes I am idiotic. I'm aware of that, but not all the time. Yeah. Um. Like that. Like I guess. I guess if you were trained in military, like like coming across death or having death be be uh, something to expect in your daily daily work would be higher. So maybe it's just because like I don't. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, I work, so I work not around death, but I do, I read, uh, medical files. And so, like, I, I read autopsy reports every, occasionally, but not very often. And I definitely don't have to see pictures of dead bodies very often in my job. Um, but it happens. But it happens, like, I've seen a picture of a dead body once, and I've worked there for, like, three years. So it doesn't happen often. I don't encounter it that much. That's more than I encounter it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I guess maybe once a month dead bodies is just normal for Federation? It's possible. I mean, they're going on emergency missions. That's true. They are. They are kind of like emergency space adventures. Yeah, they go on rescue missions and stuff and, uh, bring medical aid and help in disasters. Yeah, okay. So they're like... And the I, I military does that too. Yeah, I know. I was like, like yeah. the National Guard does that. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's a lot of what the National Guard does is actually support. And that is a political belief that doesn't have anything to do with this. So I'll skip it. Okay. But, yeah, the, yeah, they would definitely be in a situation where they encounter death more often. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I should stop being shocked about all the death that happens and nobody is faced. Because I guess, yeah, I guess it makes sense. I guess it because. Because it, it's so utopian, it's so sanitized. Like, the show is. Yeah. And, like, everybody's got crisp jumpsuits that never wrinkle, and all the glass surfaces don't have grime on them, and, like, everything's just real bright, clean, and, and perfect, right? Like, yeah. there's no there's no malfunctioning. Like, I mean, yeah, things malfunction, but they get fixed. There's no broken windows on the, the, on the uh, Enterprise. No. You know? Like, it's, 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 well, it's well sanitized, and I guess... It just feels like, like that would be shocking for a bunch of people to come across dead bodies. Like that, people who are used to that kind of the level of environment, I imagine it would be shocking to come across death so much. And it doesn't play that way on the show. Um, they do on a few occasions uh, talk about that okay. a little bit with like the newer cadets or something like, okay. or the uh, ensigns, the newer. So crew. just wait. 
it's so long from now that I had to mention it. Okay. <laughs> like the specific instance I'm thinking about, yeah. Oh, like what season are we talking about? Third. Third season? Oh, that is a lot. Yeah, there might be instances before then, but the one I'm thinking about specifically is like... It's so, so like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take this, because I, okay. So I know about, like I said, Moriarty and the holodeck. Like, I know that happens. Right. I know about data lore. I know that happens. I know that these things happen. Uh, I know about Measure of the Man episode. I know there are four lights or five lights or whatever lights there are. I know these things. I know about Lucutus. Yes. Yeah, like, I I know these things. But I'm trying to remind myself that we are in Season 1, Episode 11. And those things haven't happened yet. Yeah. And... Like, the big thing that happens in this season probably wasn't originally written in it. That is correct. So, like, I just have to take it what it is right here hmm. in this moment. Oh, that's been terribly hard for me. Oh, it's real, because, like, I, I'm so interested in how the pieces connect. I want to see it, but that's the journey, I guess. Riker can't wish us that knowledge. Yeah. Like he did in Hide and Q. <laughs> That's, That's right. Exactly. I remembered that episode and did a callback. You're trekking along very nicely. I'm trekking along! <laughs> <laughs> Hot trek. Uh, yeah, so it is, it is a thing. It is a thing that I I really... I, we're gonna, we personally are probably going to do this podcast whether or not anybody listens for like a couple of seasons and then if we decide nobody listens and nobody cares about this we might we're just gonna watch star trek and we're yeah. just gonna do it without recording it but we're, we're gonna keep watching star trek yeah this is happening folks oh yeah no and if you guys like like listening to us watch talk about star trek we will continue to record it and put it on the website for you mm-hmm so uh, so let us know because um knowing is half the battle knowing is half the battle and also, I can't read minds. I only know what you tell me. So if no one tells me I have a good podcast, I'm going to assume it's terrible and nobody likes it. Yeah. I, I do the same. Yeah. I'm, it's terrible. I am an insecure marshmallow who tries so hard. <laughs> yeah. More of a gnome. <laughs> I, I... Never mind. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a joke for cool kids. <laughs> and look, I love you, my my dear readers, my dear readers. I love you, but I don't know if you're cool. I don't know if you're down to clown. I don't know if you're down to party yet. We're gonna we're gonna feel this relationship out here. Feels very '90s infomercial trying to seduce the kids into doing drugs. Oh no! It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> As we sit here, you know base as fuck. You, you, the words you're saying are, are pretty great at grooming minors. What? No, I was thinking of those dare commercials. Oh my god! You know, oh dare. You mean how I learned about drugs? Yeah. I didn't know shit about drugs until dare. I was like, fuck, they're like sniffing glue. I'm like, what does that mean? You can do that? Yeah. Oh man, that day, that day, I learned <laughs> so much. But, like, the, the the thing used to be, like, hey, do you want to be cool? Oh, take, do take these a, drugs. Have a cigarette? Yeah, you stuff know, like that. You know, all the adults who hang out in back alleys just handing kids cigarettes? Yeah. 
Anyways, it sounded ridiculous like the fucking ad. That, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Not groovy okay. children. Because okay. I'm like, man, you you need to explain some things, please. Yeah, well, I did. I feel awkward. <laughs> Not better? Thank you. Okay. No, I was thinking comical 90s drug ads. Or anti-drug kids, ads. Kids, do some fucking drugs. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did people think happened outside? Did they not? Were like parents just not with their kids in the nineties? Where they're just like, I don't know, the world seems nice, enjoy, and then lock the door behind them. A little bit sometimes. <laughs> Felt that way. I grew up in a different. I grew up in a very different culture inside. I grew up in like a weird counterculture inside of America, so I didn't have a the very similar growing up experience. And it's not weird. It's just how I grew up. That most people do, so sometimes I forget. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, what were you guys doing? I know what I was doing was pretty fucking weird, but what you guys were doing was also pretty fucking weird. Apparently there's just adults in alleys just handing kids drugs. <laughs> no one told me that. No one tells me where the cool alleys are that people are handing people drugs. The next episode. Oh shit, yeah, Data You missed it, Data Lore. Data the Enterprise visits the planet where Data was created and discovers another android just like him. But the two, quote-unquote, brothers, have crucial differences. That's the synopsis. Yeah. I get to practice my radio voice and I don't get to do that often and it's fun. Yeah? Hey, if being a voice actor paid more money and wasn't so... so it's a very small field. Yeah. And it's very competitive. It is. So I get to do here. It's fun. Alright, so thank you for trekking with us. It oh. was really, really nice to hang out. And uh, come join us. Come join us on the next episode where we'll have data lore.